0: Not yet. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Um, so this is a weird one because this is uh, actually episode 10, part 2. Um, okay. Because you and I actually, people that are going to get to watch this don't realize we already did this whole episode once.
1: But they aren't going to, like, hear or see any of that, right? It None of it okay.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I'm
1: saying, I don't want to seem like I'm, like, repeating myself at all when I answer questions.
0: No, absolutely. And that's just it is that, I mean, I could have spent the next two months doing sound editing and making it work and matching it up to the video. But um, it's like, okay. this was just easier. i <laughs> just <laughs> to be honest with you. As much right. as how many times we've had to reschedule and work with – because the world kind of went to sh- shit
1: oh god it was so like dystopian apocalyptic for a moment it still is but like when it really hit that's when we were scheduled to do our interview for the second time and i was like i can't do it man yeah.
0: well and i actually the day that we had it planned right after our scheduled time i actually ended uh-huh. up talking to malice and i was like hey um, how, you know how are you hanging in there how are you doing and she's like there's military military helicopters over my house, and there was an explosion two blocks over, and oh my god, and it was crazy. And then right after that, my friend Shelly, who lives just like two three blocks from Alice, uh-huh. she was driving out to the valley, and she made me stay on the phone with her the whole time because she was in just absolute sheer terror
1: terrifying yeah, terrifying yeah
0: it's been like
1: over here it's like every single store in downtown has been smashed into and looted like everything fucking apple louis vuitton cbs like everything uh, the entire like the entirety of downtown is ruined right now in portland it's gonna take forever to like revamp it
0: yeah it, it's blowing my mind like i am not used to I mean, I, I, was at, I, I was around, I'm old enough that I remember the riots in 92 in LA and that it did affect some, but with all the social media and how how broadly things are spread now, like it kind of blows my mind how many states, cities, I mean, I started a list here on day two and I think I stopped it. Yeah, I've got 41 cities in just the Jeez. United States. That was on day two. Yeah. And it's grown it's worldwide. Yeah, it's been it's been absolutely insane, and I, though, in a really really good way. Like as much as yeah. I, I kind of feel weird saying that. Like I'm kind of proud of people for standing up, even oh, as yeah. far as it's gone. Like I'm all about protest, but th- and this went beyond, and I'm yeah. Impressed.
1: It's definitely like people are out here doing the most.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you took part. I mean, there's several here I am. times
1: yet again.
0: <laughs> that's okay. I, I found a lemon lime soda under my desk just now and I'm drinking that because it was well, convenient.
1: I'm not drinking alcohol at fucking like 5 p.m. like I am every day since it's quarantine. That's my excuse. Is that I'm like, oh, it's quarantine. It's not a big deal. I can drink Chardonnay starting at 11 a.m. like a fucking Orange County housewife. It's fine. Everything's fine.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, everybody's going to come out of this whole quarantine situation being either a really good cook and kind of fat or a, yeah. a really good home bartender.
1: That's me, dude. I'm the opposite. I do not know how to cook. I do not care to try. I'm too stressed to eat right now. But I sure do like alcohol.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I mean I
1: know I'm always real. Like I got no shame in saying yeah. it. Well,
0: <laughs> like you, you ever seen the show Metalocalypse? No. They go shopping, and there's the there's the food groups. There's you know vegetables. There's meat. There's bread. There's dairy, I mean, and the booze Walmart. group. booze is a a food group and actually on my snapchat I actually put on there lots of times I'll post like I'm having a salad and it's a beer yes I love that or
1: like I'm having grapes
0: and it's fucking wine like same shit now yeah it's juice-ish yeah Yeah. no like and and people think it's funny because I will go to the bar and I I am like yeah I'd like a a salad light on the water croutons and they just know I just want four fingers of whiskey neat yes they yes. just know that that's what I'm ordering and I can, I say it's a salad because it's my meal. I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not?
1: It's, it's it works. Yeah,
0: it's, it's all convenient, so.
1: Yeah, my lighting here. There we go.
0: Yeah, I like What's the that backdrop. That's, that's a nice effect. It's very, it's very good.
1: Thank you. It's literally like a curtain that I ordered on fucking Amazon just for this, and I put it up with gaffers tape. I'm like professional as fuck, yo. Yeah. yeah,
0: I like it. I dig it. It gives it gives a definite edge to everything. So, yeah. um, so yeah, let's let's get into it. Obviously, we've got we've God, we've been friends for. I just went through it, and I was kind of going through messages and emails, and things. we really have been talking in one form or another for a long damn time.
1: Yeah, it's like been longer than like since we talked last time and did our first interview. It's it's been longer than I ever even realized cuz I've like I'm I have such mad ADHD and I mean that literally, not like jokingly, but I have such mad ADHD that I have I honest to God have like a very skewed sense of time. So I don't oftentimes realize how long it's been since something has happened or how long I've been doing something until somebody brings it to my attention. It's, it's crazy. Like you and I really have been talking since you've known me since the start, like not entirely the start, but did you know me and were you following me and stuff when I, back when I was going by my legal name?
0: Yes, that's actually it was right as you made the transition that that was right when I started following you. Okay. So, I'm,
1: wondering, I'm like brainstorming right now and I'm wondering exactly at what point, like how much you knew. Like the major turning point in my life was 2015. Were you following me then?
0: No, it was right after that and as you were making some transitions okay. so, and stuff.
1: So you didn't see the real like Britney 2007?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you've mentioned it you a couple of times. Print, but was
1: like a very, a very mild uh, point. Like a very mild version of that several times, but like the real Britney 2007 was 2015. But, anyways, continue. (laughs) Um, I'm like relieved. I'm like relieved you weren't following me during that time. It was so
0: bad. That's, you know, but do you know how many people I've watched go through some of the most horrible shit ever? And now looking back on it, like I'm one of the few because the way my memory works, I'm like, hey, do you remember when everything sucked and the world exploded in your face? And they're like, Unfortunately,
1: yes. No, for the the last interview, you were able to recall so much that I wouldn't even think to look back on unless somebody, like, reminded me. Like, it was fun. It was fun, and I can't wait to do this all over again right now. (laughs) These are things, like, you brought up things that I have not thought to even really – I mean, I reflected on them initially after they first happened, but I, I never really think to look back and reflect on anymore. Just because I don't. And when you would bring them up, I was like, holy shit, that did happen, didn't it? Oh, my God.
0: That's kind of like cool, if,
1: though. Like, a, life is a very, like, uh, eventful, dark comedy.
0: Oh, I like that. I like yeah, that a fun. lot. That, that actually, yeah, I can live with that. Um, <laughs> okay, so history on you. For one, um, we talked about it before. You talk about it, them sometimes in your, in your social media life. But your parents... Um, Artists, things like that, they've been very supportive and they're a big part of your life. Let's go, I mean, you're a SoCal girl. Yeah. Which most people have like a stigma in their mind. Um, yes. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your, your hometown and, and growing up and how it's your your version of, of parenting. Because as we get into this, pe- people always assume, you know, daddy issues or there's obviously something wrong with them. Or And I'm i want to break that stigma before we even get there.
1: Thank you, because the way when I discuss my life and choices I've made and stuff, people would automatically assume that I have, like, fucking issues with my childhood or, like, daddy issues or something. So I appreciate you bringing that up um, beforehand. I grew up in a small city called Murrieta in California, and it's, like, slightly or, I I hope I'm not wrong with this, but I, I believe it's, like, in the middle between San Diego and Los Angeles. Um, I I moved to LA in my early adulthood. My parents, I've always been, I have an older brother too, and he's always been very, like, um, made, like, the quote-unquote what society would deem to be, like, the right choices. Like, has a normal job, a great job, has a wife, a baby, has a great, like, purchased a house, like, all this stuff. I was the wild card. I was the loose fucking cannon. I was the firecracker child. And so I was the one who, like, no matter, I didn't have to have a fucked up childhood to make the choices that I did. Like, and um, I I moved to L.A. in my early adulthood. I grew up as a teenager, having my parents drive me down there pretty often because I began modeling at the age of 15. And, um, uh, fuck, where was I going with this? Hold on, hold on. (laughs) This is my ADHD. This is my ADHD. Yeah, I grew up uh, from a young age going back and forth between my hometown, Marietta, and Los Angeles for jobs. And, uh, when I was in my, like, when I reached young adulthood, I finally moved to Los Angeles. And uh, so modeling started at the age of 15, ended at this at the age of 23. I uh, I I don't know if I really went quite into detail with like uh, in regards to this last time with you, because it isn't something I talk about too often, honestly. But um, so I was involved in a pretty terrible relationship at the time. Um, at the age of 23. And so I, this is how I began stripping. I'm pretty sure I didn't tell you this last time. This is how I began stripping. Um, So I, in the middle of the night, ran away to, I was living with a person at the time, I ran away to uh, Buffalo, New York. In the middle of the night, I took a flight from Los Angeles to Buffalo, New York, where an internet friend that I had never met before, drove two hours from Kitchener, Ontario, Canada to come pick me up. And I stayed with her during this time. And um how that happened, because I'm sure people are going to wonder, is I reached out to her online. This was via like Tumblr back when I had one. And I was like, hey, I'm in a real sticky situation. Like I um, I'm in a really shitty relationship with someone. She like. I couldn't tell her who, because honestly, pretty much everyone knows who he is. I was dating a musician at the time, but I couldn't, I didn't want to tell her who, because I didn't just, I didn't want that to have anything to do with it. So I, I just told her, I was like, I'm I'm in a really sticky situation. I know this is absolutely random and I know I'm giving you no detail whatsoever, but I need to get out tonight. If I fly into, I searched and um, my mother's a flight attendant. So I searched and so I get free flights, but, like, the free flights are only domestic. So I knew I couldn't fly to Canada, but I was I knew the closest place to her was Buffalo, New York. So I was like, if I fly to, into Buffalo, will you drive a couple hours to come pick me up and I can stay with you while I save up money to get out of this and get my own place? And so did I tell you that last
0: time? No. Uh, this is all yeah. new information yeah. to be complete. I had no idea about any of this.
1: Yeah, and so she was a stripper, she worked at like a strip club that was kind of next door to where she lived, and I had, I had at this point had like two other friends who were strippers as well, so it wasn't foreign to me, but um, so she was a stripper, and I was like, well shit, I don't have any sort of way, I was reliant on him at the time, I had no, like I had no way of making money for myself, so I began stripping, and um, that's how I saved up money. I stayed with her for like two, three weeks, saved up money, went back to L.A. and got my own place. And um, I continued to strip. And so when my um, eight, my modeling agency and my manager found out, they cut my contracts. And um, so that's how I began stripping at age 23. And uh, I've continued since then, and I'm 28 now. No, almost 28. Damn, I really had to think about that. So I've been stripping for... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely a veteran, but I've been stripping for a minute, and um, yeah, I've been stripping ever since. I liked it. It's brought me to a lot of different cities because that's the that's one of the perks of stripping is that you can uh, travel and do your job. You can do your job essentially anywhere. Um, so yeah, and then from there, that's that's the history of how I was brought up, I guess. Damn, I actually really avoided that question if we're really thinking about it. Yeah, you did. But, but yeah. I hate it. My Okay, so as I was beginning to speak, I thought that your question was like how I started stripping, because that was your first one last time. Mm-hmm. But no, I was raised with my parents. My parents, God bless their hearts, they did everything, everything correct that you could possibly imagine a parent doing, my parents did. And so they I have no excuse for like cuz the, the the stereotype as a stripper is that you had a fucked up childhood or some sort of fucked up shit. My childhood, my young adulthood, my teenage years, they were great. My parents did fucking fantastic. But it was all just I I began to make poor choices as I got older and ultimately led into choices that changed my life for the better and uh, once I started stripping, my life became so much more colorful in the best way that I would not take it back for the world and my parents still support me to this day. It It took a minute to really introduce them to it and sort of like kinda get them on board, but they are supportive of me to this day. And so. None of what we discussed as far as like poor choices and stuff. Cause let's be honest here. That's the most fun to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> None <laughs> of that has any reflection to do with my parents. They did everything right. I owe them my life. They're still to this day. Great. Anyways, moving on.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that I've, I mean, because I have been following you and, and we've had been having conversations. I mean, our first real in-depth conversation was when you were in Las Vegas in a not yes. great relationship and trying to find work and trying to, well, I need to get a work card and I got to have money to get the work card and now I got to do this. And and I remember right after that, you kind of retreated. Um, I remember it was weird. You were hanging out with your family in a mall that I got chased by the cops in for skating once. I recognize there was a mall you were in in maybe Riverside. I'm trying to remember, uh, so Yeah. And yeah. I just remember going, oh, crap, I've been there. I know where you are right now and talking about that yeah well and then you were you were you're like no sometimes i just need to recharge and i and my family does that for me and i've seen you do that a few times where you just
1: probably the longest period of time that i went taking a break from social media just because like i was still processing so much like heavy shit that had happened and that was and that was also at a time where I didn't have as much of a following as I do now. So now it's somewhat of, like, if we're being quite honest here, somewhat of my income, like, capitalizing on my social media yeah. and just image and T-shirts with my fucking face on it and shit. Like, if we're being completely honest, people are stupid. I hope they don't judge me for this. But, yeah, I maintain more of an active presence online because it is very much my income, especially right. given it's, like, quarantine right now. Nobody's really working. Right. But, yeah, that that was at the time a time where I really took a solid break from social media and it was likely because I didn't have as much of a following and like it wasn't a big deal back then.
0: Yeah, you were hitting the reset button and, and the thing is is like so many people who are in the position that, that many strippers are. Where, I mean obviously this is for security purposes, for privacy, where you, have, you have a name, you have a persona. You are your persona though. You don't really have a separation <laughs> between you who the character is and you you're the same person and it is very public. So you've got yeah. your, you've got your family who can, Oh, let's see what she's up to and yeah. can just jump online. And that, but
1: yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go
0: ahead. No, I just feel like that can affect things. And it seems like to me, just from what I've seen, the people who live the way you do, which is very open and very honest yeah. and have that support. It, it works out better in the long run because you don't have to, Oh, I, I can't say that because my mom will see it or my grandma will see it or any of that if they support you yeah. they respect it more
1: yeah i'm very fortunate in that sense like my parents i know there's some people going around right now that are like screenshotting girls like only fans accounts and like sending it to their parents like thinking they're making the world a better place by putting an end to somebody's sex work, like, trying to embarrass them. My parents know I fucking sell nudes. They know I have an OnlyFans. They know what it is. They know I sell nudes and videos, and they're all for it. Like, they're – I mean, obviously, they are from a different generation. They're not like, well, uh, they're, they're sort of like, well, if we could have chosen a different route for you, like, morally, we know we should – but knowing you based on who you are as a person, this is right where you should be and want to be and are enjoying being. Well, I hope you didn't cut out that part. That sounded really unintelligible. But essentially, my <laughs> you don't have to cut it out. I don't care. But, um, yeah, my... Uh, my parents know what I do. They know like every single part of it. Obviously, they haven't seen it, but like if somebody has some sort of revenge, sent it to them, they'd be like, "Oh, well, I mean, like it's not it's not a surprise by any means." But it's, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm fortunate in that sense.
0: Well, and I, I don't know. I guess I just I look at it like my parents. Here's something that I don't talk about a lot. The reason I got into photography, I wanted to be a journalist. Like really wow fucking bad. I, I, like that's what I wanted to be. And of course it was, the, I was in high school in the mid nineties. There was a lot going on. I mean, the, there was so much culture and it was at the advent really of the internet starting to bring that to small towns. Yeah.
1: And you're and, like, I want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, I really did. And then I also being the way that I think I was like, newspapers are going to go away and television is starting to, I mean, I remember watching CNN and watching the the real news and then watching like two hours of fluff. And I'm like, that's not news yeah. anymore. That's just TV. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. They're
0: filling the space. And I realized I didn't really think I could do that. I am like, I'm not. It's it's the same thing as going and, and, and studying a dead language in college. Like, you're not going to make a living doing this. And right. I, being myself, went, well, I can't really be a journalist or a photojournalist and take myself seriously. I started getting into yeah. restaurants. I did that because I knew I'd never starve. If you work in a restaurant, you can work anywhere in the, in the world and you're not going to starve. And then I started a tattoo apprenticeship. That's what I wanted to do. Then I got the chance to go be a musician. And I think it's hilarious because I see the meme all the time, but I posted a thing back in 1998. I remember the conversation going to my mom and being, Hey mom, I think I want to be a musician when I grow up. And she just looked at me and smirked and said, sweetheart, you can't be both. You can't, (laughs) you can't grow up and be a musician. And I just laughed and I still to this day don't really have a grown-up job, quote-unquote, but I remember it like when I got back into photography, it was porn. That's what I got into, was shooting porn.
1: It was nudes and stuff, and not even just nudes, but like
0: porn. Yeah, like I was shooting porn, and I was shooting fetish stuff. Like I live close enough to Aspen that people would be like, we'll pay you $500 to come take pictures of my wife – stomping on my crotch or, yeah.
1: you know, pouring, pouring. I love, I love that journey for you.
0: It was really weird and really extreme, but I couldn't tell anybody because, I mean, this is 2003. I had just gotten divorced actually. And it was at a time where I couldn't really tell anybody uh-huh. what I was doing because it was so taboo. Now you right. look at what I have on Instagram and you look what I have on Facebook and pe- people don't realize that's actually really tame. Compared yeah. to what I mean, and, and I do still do a lot of, I mean, I have so many friends that are sex workers and strippers and things like that. Like, I love people who are confident. Confidence to me is yes. the sexiest thing. And so if somebody says, I want to take my clothes off, it's for me, it's not even a sexual thing. It's a confidence thing. Yeah, exactly. And that to me is, and, and I had, do have people who come to me, and and that exact same thing where it's like, well, don't you ever feel like if, if, if somebody was like me to you, you could just leak their nudes? I'm like, why would I do that? First of all, that's...
1: Right. I don't care enough to be private about it even if my parents weren't okay with it they would still fucking know because i don't care enough to be private about it
0: there
1: you go even like you said like you knew me when i went by my legal name yeah i don't like i'm not even secretive about my legal name like i will outright tell mostly just in person but i will outright tell someone like what my legal name is and honestly that name died a long time ago because I chose to go by my stage name, like almost permanently. My parents call me my legal name. It's just so everyone knows it's Jordan. My parents call me my legal name, but I don't care to go by it anywhere, anymore. And even they respect that. Like, they will call me that in person. But even my mom, like, she hand-sewed, like, a mask for me for quarantine and embroidered the name Sasha on it instead of Jordan, because she knows that's mostly what I go by, especially in Portland. She knows nobody knows me here by Jordan, or at least calls me that. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, like, people expect you or, like, think that you should be private about certain things, and some of us just don't care. And I feel like that's beautiful.
0: No, it is. Absolutely. Um I I remember sending you mail and asking if it was okay if I mailed it to you or if I had to mail it to somebody you're like, no, it's cool, you can know my address. I you know, you're you're fine. But that's something yeah. you, you for a security thing, you have to but you've always just lived the the, the name. You live who you are. Um yeah. my friend Jasmine, her name is not Jasmine, and the only time that even her own mother doesn't call her Jasmine. Is when she's doing something stupid and then her real name yeah. comes out. It's like it's like the three name thing where the middle name pops out and you're like shit, she's. A yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like mine. It's like my parents. If I hear them yell like Jordan Alexa, I'm like, oh shit, like I fucked up. Yeah, like. Somehow.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly it. But I introduce most of my friends by their stage names or by, and I, I have friends who are musicians that the name everybody knows is not their name. Yeah. I know them. I've known them long enough. I mean, Mixie's a great example. I can't... I have to actually stop and remember that Mixie is not her name. from Sister Right. Part. I, I forget that. Yeah. Because she's been living that persona for so long. Exactly. It's just a part of who we are. And I mean, I go by three or four different names, depending on what part of the country I'm in or what... If I'm at a tattoo parlor or I'm at a convention or I'm taking photos, that's going to determine what my name is. Exactly. So but
1: my my legal name pretty much I let it die when I left the uh for safety reasons I pretty much let it die when I left the musician that I sort of like needed to get a new a new fresh start from just mentally and um honestly like I don't he knows who I am now he knows what I go by but yeah, that's when my real name died. It was for safety reasons and not just safety reasons, but like I kind of just didn't like Jordan if we're being quite honest here. Like, I was like, I, I hand picked my name. Uh, a friend suggested it, Sasha. And then was like, when I was building an Instagram, was like, oh, what should your username be? Whatever. And I was like, What would sound, honestly, this is where it came from, like, what would sound cool? Oh, Saint Sasha, Saint Sasha, and so that sort of became my, like, name, obviously people in person just call me Sasha, but, like, that's how that sort of became my name, and I just rolled with it, like, I'm sure I didn't even necessarily need to, even for safety reasons, to go by a separate name, like an alias, it's just I chose to, because I was like, after him, I just didn't want anything to do with that life anymore all like myself like modeling anything i wanted that to die when i became like a stripper and a new because almost when i started stripping i became a new person and uh i don't mean that in by any way by any means like a fake way it's just i evolved
0: well and that's you know and that's the thing like people don't understand that a lot of people that i've come across and actually, right. even more so with male dancers, mm-hmm. when you take on that persona, you take on that character, it's as much a release and and an, and an opening up of yourself. It's almost oh, like it. drastically centering yourself in a new way. And and it's freeing. It's it's emotionally freeing and mentally freeing. And I, I see that a ton where people just like, yeah, I am the person that I became because that's who I really want to be.
1: Yeah, like i've had i've had friends from high school usually male find my instagram and hit me up and they've been respectful enough to say like hey like should i i don't like i wanted to say like hey i'm glad to see you're doing well and stuff like is it weird if i call you jordan like do you prefer to be called by sasha and they every single one i mean the, i say that as if there's so many, there's only like three but every single one has asked that and i'm like fuck it thank you, dude, for respecting that. And I always say, like, they can call me Jordan because they knew me back when I was Jordan. But for I, I just love when people ask me, they're like, do you, can I, do you want me to call you by this name now? Like, is that cool?
0: Oh, can you imagine being, like, Sting? <laughs> uh-huh. Or Prince? No,
1: and, and I'm sure it would be, like, the, the opposite, too. If someone from high school hit me up and was like, hey, Jordan, blah, 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 I'd be like, it's Sasha to you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be that much of an asshole, but I know I wouldn't want them to call me Jordan as much just because like they originally knew me by that name and didn't ask any further as to whether I like pre- preference as far as name goes. I would probably be more like adamant about them calling me Sasha just out of spite. But
0: like, oh, I'll learn you. I'll learn you. Um, right that's, that's well and that's that's the other thing is that you live a very public life and I I'm
1: not, I am not I whether it's a relationship I am in or what I'm very public because and honestly it backfires sometimes I wouldn't say often I wouldn't say often because for the most part people I believe kind of appreciate it or at least that's what sort of comes off to me yeah. but I am very public honestly because I'm just too lazy to be secretive <laughs> i have no motivation like i don't i already like (laughs) i already became what my alias is like that's who i am as a person now i don't care enough i don't give a shit enough i don't have the patience to fake anything i really don't i'm like now if you notice like all the photos i post are like like, I'm trying to be sexy or, like, slutty or some shit. But, like, if you notice, my stories are always just very much like a stripper reality show. Like, I just, I'm like, I, I don't care what I look like. I don't care if people see me being goofy or whatever. I think that's hilarious. Like, I love, I love that. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to throw people off or throw them for a curve. Like, looking at my photos, you wouldn't expect the shit that's on my story.
0: And, Usually, yeah, no. That well, yes and no. I mean, there's there's a a, a sort of a sense of reality of when you do. I mean, because let's be honest, you do some goofy shit. I mean, you do. I do,
1: I do. I pride myself on that. Holy shit. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, your your life in many ways, it just day to day. Like the other night was killing me when you were when you were yelling for your girlfriend from the other room. I was. Dying, she's like no. That's my roommate. That's my roommate. roommate. Okay, we're well, sorry. Your roommate. You were just like yelling. She's like yeah. no, no, come here, no, no. And I was just dying laughing. I was just like, yeah. cause and you're like, fine, I'm coming there then. And it's like, that's real shit. That's something that you see yeah. y- your friends do and things like that. And and for whatever reason, we have elevated celebrity and 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 social media and these things to that's such a level.
1: Very curated.
0: Yeah, it's like people don't don't realize that. Yeah.
1: There's a real life thing. And I do, I do want people to know also that like, when I do that, when I post videos of me bugging a friend saying, come here, come here, take a picture with me, fucking get in my video, come here, and I end up posting it, I do want people to know that I get there okay. Like for the most part, friends these days, like especially my roommate and stuff, they know when I'm saying that from another room that I'm likely recording because yeah. I'm not I'm not actually like that. I'm not like without my phone just normally like, Come here, please, fucking give me attention. It's they know I'm likely recording, but I always no matter what will get their permission to post it before. I don't want people to th- like, yes, it is funny, but I don't want people to think that I'm like recording people against their will and just posting it on social media to get like any sort of you know what yeah, I mean? No, like
0: and not even attention people. You tag yeah. them, and in, you include them, and, and, and they do play along. You see a lot of that. And that's that's what, like, I think it's hilarious because all of my friends panic when I accidentally show up in a snap or something. They're like, oh, God, I, we need to retake that. Erica's in the back. We can't. Yeah. We can't post no, that.
1: Like, people, especially people that have more of, like, a... More because my instagram, my social media, let's be honest here it's not very curated whatsoever it's very much a reality show, and i I I love that, but um the bet the thing that I love the most about um me posting wild stories and just funny stories and annoying stories with people like that is that typically they're a person that has a very curated social media and like not in a bad way, just in a professional way. Mm-hmm. So people who follow them ultimately end up following me and get to see like a funnier side of them, which I like. Like you know my roommate. Yes. And like you, my roommate. She won't care if I mention her. Like everyone knows she's my roommate. Her name is Axel. And like she, she knows that I constantly am just trying to act annoying and stuff for videos. Not constantly, but usually when I'm acting annoying, she knows it's because I'm recording. Mm And she'll play along with it, and it is something fun for both of us. Like, it's just, if you notice, like, in all of my stories and stuff, her character is, like, being annoyed with me and, like, fucking stop recording and, like, stuff like that. And, like, it, her character, if you notice, is very much, like, I don't know if you've noticed that, but her character is very much being annoyed with me when we're actually, like, best friends.
0: You guys are like Tom and Jerry.
1: Yeah, we're like Tom and fucking Jerry, dude, aside yeah. from, like... <laughs> I'm with her like on the same level as I am with Malice, who's like my best friend. Like we're we're very much like her character on my stories and my Instagram is being annoyed with me, but like we, we really like hit it the fuck off. Like we're really close.
0: That's and see that's that's the shit that matters. I mean in all yeah. honesty, that's that's what matters because it gives you the opportunity to be real and show that other side and Right. That that's why like Do you watch the shit with uh like, people do this on Twitter all the time, where they just blast spouses, where it's just this constant Twitter war.
1: No, people do send it to me. I want to see that it, shit. It's,
0: it's my favorite, it's my favorite shit.
1: Ever. You know what? Malice follows someone that does that on Snapchat, and she shows them to me, and it's fu- and they wouldn't mind if she showed them to me. They post it public. But it's fucking hilarious. But yes, it's this dude who, like, lives on a farm and blasts, like, how much his wife hates him and yells at him, and it's fucking hilarious like so yes i do know of it but honestly i didn't know it was like a thing it you is becoming so
0: more and more a thing and even like there are some celebrities that do it and i and i think it's really it to me it's really kind of because you when you deal with people and there's that smaller degree of separation when you get to a certain level of of uh, call it success the world gets smaller It's a lot easier to go, I can make two phone calls and talk to this person that I've always wanted to talk to versus when you're, like, sitting at home watching a movie and going, man, I would kill to meet this person. They're, like, my idol. And then you, like, you you interview their roommate or something, and you're, like, oh, shit. Like, I could actually talk to them. And it's happened to me a few times. I've been very, very blessed in that situation. And you end up getting the real part of them. Yes. I love that shit. Yeah. some I feel
1: stuff, like energy is much less of a mystery because I am so like out there about my life, but it yeah, that's so hilarious.
0: Yeah, I just think it's it, that's the kind of stuff that makes for because social media is, let's be real, social media is like ninety percent bullshit. It's utter bullshit. Oh,
1: no, totally, totally. It's. it's and I'm not- I will straight up I will be the first bitch to admit right here that I airbrush all my photos like fucking face to that shit's amazing and I don't even care to like admit it I don't care that I'm admitting it because people who are gonna watch this video and I'm sure I'm gonna promote it to my followers as well they're gonna see what I actually look like like my actually I kinda do like airbrushed I'm wearing a lot of fucking makeup but like (laughs) No, God, God, airbrushing my photos and shit and like it's hilarious that just like yeah Instagram mind you mine is a lot less like quote unquote fake it really is just because I'm so real on there but people don't a lot of people don't understand like even the realest people are still doing some sort of shit like well, it's absolutely th-
0: like I tell everybody like if you want to get to know me you got to follow me on snapchat because I'll post like my dinner or the stupid shit like I scared, right. I scared the fuck out of myself last week like bad yeah. and it happened to be on, on tape that it happened and I, I shared it because I was like, Oh god, I don't get startled usually I'm the scary thing in the room. Yeah. And so when I get startled, it's it's usually pretty bad.
1: That's for yes. real.
0: But if you wanna if you wanna talk about me pissed off or just my political views, follow me on Twitter because I don't ever get right. I don't get censored. I don't yeah. get shut down on Twitter. You wanna follow my professional careers, follow one of my Instagram accounts. Right. You know, that's, yeah, that's
1: Pretty much just like who I am exactly. on,
0: Instagram. yeah,
1: and that's why I get so much. I get so much deleted and like reported, and I've, I've my entire profile has been deleted one time, and I was fortunate enough to have a friend get it back for me. But like that's I'm so I'm not. It's not my Twitter. It's not my Facebook. It's not a Tumblr that I don't even have anymore. It's my Instagram. Like, I am too real on there to the point where, like, sometimes I do get backlash on certain things. But honestly, I don't give a fuck. Like, if I – sometimes I learn from it. I learn from it, and I realize, like, okay, what I did or said was, like, kind of fucked up. Like, I learned from it. But my point is I don't mind making mistakes in front of, like, 20,000 people. I don't give a fuck.
0: Well, but let's look at it realistically. Is it actually a mistake? Because if you're getting backlash from, say, a dozen people over something they didn't like. Like, I've been watching so many people here recently over everything that's happened, not just in the last two weeks, but in the last three or four months. You watch people are like, man, I'm losing followers. I'm losing followers. Yeah. Why do you need – life is not measured in likes and follows. Exactly. It's not. It's a – Social media is a great marketing tool. I mean, I use the fuck out of it. You use the fuck out of it. So many people do. But do we really give a fuck, you know, that somebody, you know, went and had this dinner or had that drink or posted this? I mean, I remember when Instagram went down years ago, I laughed my ass off because I was in a I was in the studio recording with Trevor O'Connor and Instagram went down, just crashed. And he just very solemnly I
1: remember that. Yeah,
0: like done. Like there was no Instagram, nothing worked. Yeah. The websites didn't work. The the app didn't work. Nothing. And he looked yeah. at me and totally deadpan, and I could see it in his eyes how he had just. It was like his moment had come, and he's like, right. "If Instagram's not working, what the fuck are we yeah. gonna know what to eat for lunch?" Right, No shit,
1: for real though.
0: And I just, I lost it. It was so because that's
1: I'm down, and some people are like, "How am I gonna use my legs to walk today?" Holy shit, dude.
0: Right. And I just, I like, I mean, my favorite time to be on Twitter is from like eleven thirty Mountain to like four o'clock Mountain, yeah. because that's the time when everybody in the East Coast they're they're going home from the bars drunk as shit, yeah. and then their are after effects and what they're making in midnight munchies, and then you start to catch. By the time that starts to add out, you got everybody on in the Pacific Coast. They're starting to right. get into it. So I literally have like six hours of watching people. Twitter becomes. So much word vomit. People just randomly post shit that they would never say. I
1: fucking get off on that shit. I'm like, yes, say everything you might possibly regret later. This is what I want to hear. Exactly. And I just sit there and I just (laughs) laugh.
0: I just scroll through Twitter and laugh my ass off and talk shit and make fun of people, screenshot a lot, because I know that they're going to wake up in the morning and be like, ah, oh, fuck, and they could delete it, and, not on my watch. <laughs> i
1: totally been that person before. I have totally, I've 100% been that person before. I ain't even lie, but like, you know what? That's the human. Fuck it. I don't care.
0: See, that's, that's the fun shit, and you can't get away with that on Facebook. You can't get away with that on, even on Instagram because it's so policed, and it's so...
1: Oh, I definitely, especially recently with, like, the protests and stuff going on, I've definitely, like... I've gotten backlash on some sort of things and like just so people know like it's I am actually going to have to probably delve into that a little bit just so people aren't like really like oh this bitch is questionable but I've gotten backlash on a few things and then like I'll never necessarily I'll never really delete it but I will post videos or like a photo with a caption like admitting like hey like I've gotten a lot of backlash for this and it's really made me realize that what I did or said kind of like wasn't correct by any means, and I want you to know that, like now, I'm doing this or whatever. But here's the thing: can I give a quick example? Absolutely. Okay, so like with the recent protests going on, and stuff. I initially was not posting about any of it, and that reason being, this is before this is before any of the issues really blew up. It was just sort of heard here and there, like, in different articles. And so I posted videos um, from, I got several messages from people asking, like, why aren't you posting about this? Why aren't you promoting, like, this or that? And um, my reason being was that, like, dude, it's fucking quarantine. My only job that I have right now, my only job is what I can capitalize on online, is social media. I'm not gonna, that's the only income I have, I'm not gonna rock the boat by discussing politics on when people follow me for like funny stories and stuff and like slutty selfies and like I'm not gonna rock the boat in my income by discussing politics, like that's just absolute, as far as income goes, and surviving for myself and paying my rent and my bills, that is absolute stupidity. Right. I got so much backlash on it, so much backlash, and people were like, yeah, but, like, this is bigger than that, like, this movement is bigger than that, you should be posting, supporting it and stuff, and I finally was like, okay, you know what, so many people have messaged me about this, maybe they're right, and I'm just being selfish, honestly, in my opinion, I will I will outright say I still don't believe I was being selfish, I'm very much a fucking anarchist dude, and I'm like, we all need to survive somehow, But so many people reached out and said that I should use my platform since it is somewhat large for the greater good and um, post about it. So I did. I did. I then did. And then I got backlash from those same fucking people. Those same fucking people saying this is performance activism and you're just posting it because you got called out and you don't actually mean it and stuff. Meanwhile, I, I was like first of all, first of all, let's just start with this. What the fuck do you want from me? If I'm not I no matter what I fucking do, I'm I'm incorrect somehow. But like no, what people about like in in regards to this issue, what people don't realize is that every night I was going to the protests. My roommate and I, my roommate drives like a very large van. We were going and picking up people who got gassed and driving them home and trying to help people and dumping like milk of magnesium, I think that's what it's called, like on their eyes, like fucking helping people every single night that I didn't post about it. And these people are saying like, you're not doing enough, you're not doing enough, you're not posting enough. And I'm like, you can't, you cannot judge people based on their social media and decide whether or not they are doing enough as far as activism goes. You can't do that because you don't really fucking know. Yeah, let's and see right what's I wanted to say that I had to say that on a video, fucking interview, dude, because it is absolutely batshit, and I think it is absolute repulsive stupidity when somebody judges somebody based on their social media and say that it's not good enough when they don't know what they're doing. Anyways, that old chestnut. Let's go ahead and
0: move on. Yeah. Well, no, we're not going to just move on because that's that's no, actually no, no, no. yeah, that's that's actually like an amazing point because I've watched a lot of these, especially brands that have a certain marketing skew or they have a certain a niche that they fill and watching some of them choose to be silent and some choose to react certain ways like there's a lot of misinformation out there there's a lot of things that people don't get like so much
1: misinformation and a lot of times people who are doing the absolute most online with their social media in regards to like promoting the movement and stuff aren't doing shit in real life right we're like you don't you don't really know. Like shut the fuck up, sorry, pardon my French, but shut the fuck up.
0: Yeah. No, and that's the thing is like I I this is years ago. I had a, a, a girl who was a model, very well known model, she was getting a lot of notoriety, she was starting to really blow up in big ways, and she would go out and feed the homeless. But right. only if there were cameras around. Only if she could oh, like <laughs>
1: I mean, mind you, I can't hate on that because my logic is at least she was still doing it. Yeah, that's but, where my logic
0: was, But like, it was like a planned but, thing. But and that, it was,
1: I get it. That That is, in a sense, performance activism. Yeah. But she's still doing it at the end of the day. And,
0: and that's the thing. It's like, well, I can't knock her for doing it because at least she's going out. She's not, she's, she's not lying, but she is right. doing it for – she's doing it for the gram. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. – that's not effective, and, and a lot of brands have done that recently, and it, and it does bother me. There are brands that I have just personally had issues with, that I don't work with. Um, I just, I just choose either. Like, if somebody's like, "Hey, tag them," nope, not. I'm not gonna. I don't support that company. Right. I don't. You know, I, right. I don't fucking eat Chick Fil A. I don't like that fucking company. I don't eat Chick Fil A. Period. fucking yeah. like,
1: Hey, okay, dude, you couldn't pay me to like fucking Chick Fil A. I'm like, hell no. You hate my people. And, 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 like, I have an
0: issue. <laughs> me to promote Chick fil A. Right. And, I, I mean, I, I hate going to Hobby Lobby, so I very deliberately go. Usually, I take a couple of gay friends. I'll I bless Skyler because when he goes with me, he just knows I'm probably going to hold his hand. Right. You know, I'm. I, well, I mean, don't
1: get me wrong. I will straight up admit right now, I will straight up admit because I don't like being fake. I will absolutely. <laughs> this is terrible. If I'm in the mood for it, I will eat Chick fil A. But here's the thing, people can't shit on that because my social media platform is more powerful than me spending $5 on a chicken sandwich. So I will absolutely eat Chick-fil-A if I'm fucking hungry and it's right there and it sounds good. But I'm not going to promote it and try to, because promotion is influence. By promoting, you're essentially just trying to influence people to purchase something. And I'm not by any means going to promote and influence 20,000 people to eat fucking Chick-fil-A when they hate gays. Like, I'll eat it here and there, if but you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is $5? But, like, I sure won't promote it to thousands of people. Yeah. So people don't see the difference. Like, honestly, the story of my life would probably be someone catching me eating at fucking Chick-fil-A and posting it, but at the same time me getting reamed because I'm eating Chick-fil-A and at the same time saying I don't promote it. People need to know the difference.
0: And that, that right there is the biggest issue right, that, uh, that I see in, in media versus social media versus reality. I mean, the reality of most right. of these situations, people don't even understand.
1: And I'm sure I'll get hate for that, too. I'm sure I'll get hate for saying that. But, like, this is me. You, Nobody's forcing you to follow me.
0: There you go. And, and that's the other side of it is that you look at, at, at a lot of artists and a lot of musicians now. Like, there's so much out there that it's hard to determine what the bullshit is versus what the reality is. And there are people who are actually the pieces of shit you think they are. There are people who are actually.
1: I'm right. in a better direction that I'm actually siding with. Continue, please. I'm sorry, it, yeah. I'm interested, but just I like this more now. Continue. Okay.
0: So you have people that are out there boycotting or out there yelling at somebody. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't be this person, and they don't know the reality. So they'll take the made up. I'm upset because you represent this as fact, when sometimes the reality is ten times worse. Who yes. somebody is is, I mean, being being racist, being misogynistic, yes. being controlling. I mean, there's a million different things that can go into that. That still allows people to capitalize on. It's it's easier today. They they say no press is bad press. It's easier today to do something really fucked up and make money off of it. Yeah. Than it was twenty years ago or thirty years ago, because so many people have lost the bullshit filter and they don't yeah. understand the difference between this is reality, this is the 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 personification, the, the, the paradigm we're creating. And then here's what you're really being told. Everything is cut into a little box. And yeah. you're just kind of for whatever reason, you're just told this is how it has to be. Yeah. And I it blows my mind that 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 people will they get spoon-fed shit. You look okay, yeah. and I, I talked Skylar about this on the last episode. We were talking about the fact there are so many people that honest to God believe COVID 19 exists because pedophiles were eating babies.
1: I mean, listen. There's there's a lot that I know about that, like think things like like con- certain conspiracies are very much a thing that people aren't looking much into, but COVID and pedophilia is not one of them. It's not, at least in my in my personal opinion, in my personal theory, COVID does not at all tie in with fucking pedophilia. Like I I know a thing or two about like what powerful people are fucking into and sick shit but like it has nothing to do with fucking COVID
0: right but that's what people I'm not,
1: like a COVID isn't like something much larger like there isn't a much larger sort of thing going on behind it but like the two are not like I don't fuck I keep saying like so much the two I can't I give up on that statement anyways continue <laughs>
0: Well, no, I mean, and that's the thing. is like, there are so many people who believe that shit. They believe that this is the, this is the, this is the, the... Okay, I'm gonna to say it. I don't, I don't ever say this. I never say this in public. I've never gone out and just brutally said this. I am so abhorrently astonished at how our government has handled the entire situation from start to finish. I've never been a Trump supporter, I've always been really public about the fact that, that I'm not, but. but- they
1: definitely fucking blew, let's be honest here, they blew, and anybody who doesn't, like, somewhat believe this, they can, I don't give a shit what they think. COVID was absolutely blown way the fuck out of proportion in America. Like, if not every other country, but it was just like, it was not, like-, like I have a family member who wrote their senior thesis. Who's a, a biochemist wrote their senior thesis on coronavirus over a decade ago. It existed over a decade ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it was
1: now. Well, there's so
0: many it, different it, kinds that people yeah, don't
1: pay
0: attention to. I know, but yeah, yeah, like, it's just people don't people don't get it. They don't. They don't understand it. And and is it serious? Yes. Is it something to be dealing with? Yes. But is it something new? Is it no. And I had somebody, and and, and this is why I say, like, I never say this. I legitimately not only unfollowed the person, I never plan on speaking to this to this man again. He, right. because he actually believes that Donald Trump is the Messiah.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! Come on now, I'm not
0: Have kidding. Some- I'm not kidding. He actually <laughs> believes this. <laughs> 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 Anything. It's it's infuriating. It's like how can you how can you make that correlation? And he's saying, well, there's pestilence and there's this and there's that. And you watch, he's gonna save the world. And
1: people are like, all of this is just so people. I'm not saying I'm not general generalizing this. I'm not saying every person is a sheep. But a lot of people are fucking cheap. A lot of people are hopping on the bandwagon that, like, now there's fluoride in water and we're all going to fucking die. There's always been fluoride in tap water. Like, also just some outbreak about, like, apparently Axel just told me, like, fucking E. Coli has broken out. And people are treating that like it's COVID now. I'm like, this is not a new thing. Do you not realize that?
0: Yeah. And, like, be- and I- people don't realize that because there's so much misinformation. And there's so much...
1: And the media is so curated. We we believe the majority of people believe what they're told, and what they're told is the media, which is carefully curated and absolutely can be bought out. I don't care what anyone says. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I know for a fact, based on other people I've known and other people I've dated, that is absolutely for fucking sure.
0: No, absolutely. <laughs> Mic drop. Um. I'm,
1: gonna, I'm gonna be like, this is gonna be like the most obnoxious video on the internet. It's <laughs> like say hey, Sasha fucking bullshitting about a bunch of sh- not bullshitting but like just fucking going off about shit that's an unpopular opinion it fucking kill me
0: No, that's what it's supposed to be that's the whole point is that's why we call it nonsense because it's it's I'd rather people speak truth speak from their heart and speak what they're actually meaning because it right. it, it it provides for a way better. Is I you can't wait by...
1: for this video on my Instagram and lose like four thousand followers for not just thinking shit. You see the
0: edge
1: of my fucking living room wall. Anyways, you don't need to cut that out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's,
0: gonna that's gonna be reality. The, that's gonna I be the have, little tab I, on YouTube.
1: That's how everyone knows this is a sheet that I bought off Amazon. Fuck. Je- First of all, fuck Jeff Bezos. But yes, I do still buy off Amazon. Sue me. This is a sheet that I taped up with Gaffers tape <laughs>
0: It's kind of fantastic. I love it. Um, okay, now let's take this even further. Now, you are an artist. You're, yes. I mean, I mean, a fine artist. Like, you... I bought your art, so I, you are an artist. You...
1: You're not a lot of people know that, but thank you.
0: No, and that's the thing. Like, you used to spend more time promoting some of that and used to have that, and that is the one aspect. Every once in a while in your story, you'll be painting or doing something, and yeah. you now have started, I mean your makeup work is fantastic. Thank you so much. And and you've made the transition, especially now with, I mean, strip clothes being closed, you know, being closed and you already making that transition into being a makeup artist and doing
1: yes. I actually quit stripping a month prior to quarantine happening just exactly. to solely. Do makeup and not a lot of people know that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You were like, I, I'm going to do this. There's a risk in that. There's a, a level of, of honesty of, okay, you, let's be real. Like you, as a teenager, got to live kind of that literal dream a lot of women have of being a model and getting the getting paid to be pretty and and travel yeah. and do all this. That's
1: and I didn't for one second take it for granted. I knew how lucky I was. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to make that known. Continue. Yeah.
0: So you have that, and then now you have this like let's call it starving artist situation where. The, the economy is shot. You do have to rely on social media. That's yeah. even more, in, in my mind, it makes it more important to be real because it's not yeah. just a livelihood. It is your actual life. Right. So in doing makeup and doing these things, how much do you feel that social media has affected a sense of true professionalism? Like people talk about Generation Z and Generation X and all the Fuck that. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... You, in your experience, how much harder is it to be taken seriously as a sex worker versus being an artist versus being just the person that you are? How much differently do you see it? How much more difficult do you see it trying to market being just, I'm pretty, I'm an exhibitionist, whatever, versus this is my real life versus this is my job? Like, right. how do you tie those together?
1: So I, as far as tying all of it together, the reality of the situation is that I don't try and I feel like that's part of my appeal on like a social media or like a public level, whatever you want to call it. The reality of the situation is that I don't try to tie them all together, I just show everything literally on my social media and it happens to work for me. At least as far as I'm concerned, like it just happens to work for me. like. People know, okay, so when I was a model, my I had a completely separate Instagram that was my real name, my, my at-the-time work name, which is obviously, like, I have a completely separate name now that is my now work name, but at the time was my work name and stuff. And that was the only real major transition I made publicly was going from, like, model to stripper. And... uh I, I gave it a break, like, after I deleted my Jordan Instagram, like, I don't need to say my last name, but honestly, I'm at the same point, realistically, where if people find it, I don't really give a fuck, but um, my Jordan, <laughs> I don't care, dude, um, my Jordan Instagram, I gave it a break after deleting that when I first began stripping, just to be, give that myself my life that sort of transition and adjust into it. And then I eventually made a stripper gram, which was St. Sasha. And, uh, it took off like a lot better than my model one because like, although I was a model, and that, that was my... It wasn't, like, a hobby. Like, that was my sole job. That's what paid my rent. I was living comfortably and stuff. Although I was a model, I wasn't one with a huge following. I was by no means, like, a big one. I was never by any means, like, a famous one. I got hella jobs and was doing great. And, have, like, n- I was probably living much uh, more comfortably than I do now. But I wasn't, like, well-known by any means. And when I began stripping, it sort of... Although I I haven't made as much entirely or or anything, um, it has become more public and more. De- uh, I've I've developed much more of a following stripping than I ever did modeling, and. Um,
0: anyways, I forget where the fuck that question was. Well, going. to leave that on, like this time.
1: No. Yeah,
0: no, you did, and and that's the thing, okay. like the. What what I'm looking at now is like, you actually, you nailed it. And that's what I loved is it got to leave into my next question. Um, <laughs> you aren't taking that break this time. You aren't having to step back and go, yeah. okay, I need to reset. Yeah. Stripper to make Yeah, you, you haven't. And I accredit a lot of that to your mental health and how much you've really pushed back. So... You have been, in in many ways, in many instances, a huge advocate, and really, you've you've been so open about your mental health and the issues you've had. Um, I know that one of the things that I learned very early on about you is is that you know a very famous author who has developed into what has become a huge sensation on Netflix. With, and, and I mean, I want you to talk a little bit about that, and I want you to to really talk about. You used to write these essays and articles and things and really contribute to to mental health. That's something that you've continued to do, albeit a little more quietly. You still are doing that, and you're doing it more as, this is me. Watch me go through it.
1: Yes. So, occasionally, just for people who aren't already aware, I was diagnosed bipolar 2 at the age of 15 Um, I don't just to further explain that there are like three levels of it there's cyclothymia which is the mildest form of bipolar disorder there's bipolar 2 which is like the middle ground and then there's bipolar 1 which is like a little bit more of the intense like rapid cycling Um, for people who are wondering how I know this I actually used to go to college and major in abnormal psychology but um, I So I used to, more so in the past, publish articles about mental health, mental illness especially, and um, I so I read a book when I was much younger. Many people know uh, what it's called now, 13 Reasons Why. I read it before it was really popular, and it meant so much to me and really resonated with me on such a deep level that... I like, on a, I can totally say this, he's gonna laugh about it, but I totally on a stalker level searched the author on fucking Facebook, cause I was like, I need to reach this guy somehow and let him know, like, what his book has fucking done to me. And so I found him on Facebook and, um, wrote him a long ass fucking novel of a message saying, hey, your book, um, And I first also want to preface this with a lot of people who haven't read the book and just saw the TV show. Like, it's very controversial to a lot of people, but you just honestly got to read the book, like the OG. And um, I wrote to him talking talking in depth about how much it affected me and everything. And how much I really appreciated it and how much of an impact it made on me. And he wrote back... And he just, I I told him I had mentioned what I was going through at the time and how I was recently diagnosed and I was kind of suffering and stuff. And I never expected a response, or expected a response. I just kind of like, I figured somebody who went through all the trouble and effort of making that book deserved to know that it was having such an impact on at least one life, minimum. And he ended up writing back and uh, saying like, I don't recall entirely what he said, but basically we, like, we were talking, we've been talking for years. I was 15 at the time. I'm now 28. And he was always so down to earth and just very real with me. And, like, literally, like, if you, if you at all ever go through that, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, you can always reach out to me. I'm here for you. Like, those issues are very real to me. That's why I wrote about them. And, um, so we finally, I guess our first initial meet was, I was, dude, <laughs> my life branches out in so many weird ways. So our first initial meet was, um, I, I used to be friends with, so everyone knows Chelsea Handler, the comedian. I used to be friends, still am friends, I shouldn't say used to, I just first became friends with um her brother some years ago, it's been a while. Uh, her brother and so I would always get into the show back when she had her show, Chelsea Lately. Um, I used to get into it for free and stuff, and I would go all the time for fun and and so he was coming to LA, um, Jay Asher, the author, and I was like, hey, like I would. This was some years later after we had been talking online, and I was like, hey, I would really love to meet you and stuff. If you want, like, we can meet up in LA, and I'll get you into the show, and we can like hang out there, and it would be great. And so it, uh, we met up and we went to the show and stuff. He had a great time. I had a great time. But we've just been homies ever since after that. And I'm 20, almost 28 now. And he's always been there for me no matter what I'm going through. And he's never, he's never been anything less than just an absolute, like, incandescent friend to me. You know what I mean? Like, always been there. And we're the type of friends that, like, will go so long without talking. But when we do, if it's about some real shit, like were there and um that's probably one of the the relationships in my life that hasn't always been like the most active as far as us talking stuff but it's definitely made a difference and um contributed a lot to what has shaped me as a person
0: mentally no and and i know just because i've been there through your I and mean, there's been times where you you are so open and you are so willing to talk about what people go through that you yourself have become kind of that advocate for so many other yeah. people and yeah. i i mean you and i talked about uh, the idea of like a psychologist versus psychiatrist and yeah. the, the pros and cons of therapy versus medication versus the combination of the two and i guess i if you were to give advice to somebody who was 15 or 20 or 25 or even if you could give yourself advice at those ages what would you tell yourself regarding specifically, like, how to handle mental health and and the the trials and tribulations you yourself have gone through?
1: So, I... This is a big one. Um, (laughs) I... My mental illness journey began at probably, probably most prominently. Like, it, it was very... In the words of, um... Movie I saw called Prozac Nation, which actually isn't in the words of Prozac Nation, it was a quote that they quoted from a book. But my depression hit gradually yet suddenly, and um, it began at the age of 15 like that's when it really hit and like hit me like a train, and I I was very fortunate in the sense where, like, at this point in my life, it wouldn't matter what advice I really gave myself back then because at 15, you can only do as much as your parents or guardians allow as far as taking action with your mental health. And my parents, I was very fortunate enough for them to realize. So mental illness, uh, uh, in particular bipolar disorder, runs in my family. And I told my parents very early on that I... uh, I was, I wasn't, like, oh, I'm sorry if I tear up. You're up. I, was, I wasn't about life anymore, dude, at the age of 15. I was 15 years old, and I felt like I was 80 and dead inside. And I told my parents, and they took it seriously right away, and they took me to see, they made an appointment for me with a psychiatrist and a psychologist for people who don't know the difference, a psychologist is more of like a talk it out therapist, and a psychiatrist is somebody who can prescribe you medication and um, can do like testing and uh, fucking. I don't know. I don't know the proper terminology, but like brain scans and stuff. And so my parents made appointments with both, and uh, I was then diagnosed with bipolar two and the honestly like for the most part I would say and people I don't want anyone to follow this for themselves if they because everything applies to people in different ways if it works for you that's great it did not work for me but um, I did not continue my treatment with psychotherapy which is therapy like talk it out therapy I did not continue my treatment with that because I felt like I was very self-aware. I still try to maintain that self-awareness, but I was very self-aware. I knew what my problems were. I didn't need someone to explain it to me other than just initially being diagnosed. I knew what my problems were in life, who I was dealing with, what was going on, what my underlying issues were, where I was faulting, what my toxic traits were. I knew all of that. I didn't need somebody to tell me. and so. What I felt like therapy or psychotherapy did was just you're, you're bouncing off a wall there. Like you're telling them something and um, you're telling them about your life, discussing it and sort of hoping that they can either validate things or guide you through other things. And I felt like I did not need that. And honestly, to this day, from the age of 15, I'm now almost 28, I still believe I personally, on a personal level, did not need that. And um, so I did continue psychiatry which was um, my psychiatrist, okay, so um, the psychiatric sort of, like, community gets a bad rep because there are so many psychiatrists who will just see you for 10 minutes and, like, be like, yo, what's up, how you been doing, and throw some meds at you and send you on your way, which is horrible. That's horrible. And that's why the psychiatric community, I think, gets such a bad rep because that is unfortunately very common. Um, however, I believe that is only common because when, at least when I was going through it or when many people now go through it, um, the psychiatric community for the most part, like psychiatrists, are from older generations. I firmly believe based on what I was taught in college and stuff going for psychology um, that millennials and uh, just in general younger generations than who are currently psychiatrists will be much better Because we're taught more, we're taught better things. I, I in college, was taught to fucking give a shit before I prescribe anyone a pill. And, um, so, although I was a bit discouraged by my initial search for psychiatrists, I found a website that I totally don't mind plugging here, because it's worth it, called healthgrades.com, and, um... I searched on there. You can search for psychiatrists in your area and it has their rating that people can rate them for, like five stars or whatever. And people can write, uh, write out ratings and it says it can list whether or not they take your insurance or not. It's great. It's fantastic. It's a very useful tool. And so I ended up finding on there, like, one of the best psychiatrists I've ever had. And they now don't just see me for, like, this psychiatrist that I found off of that website doesn't see me for just 10 minutes and ask, like, what the fuck is up and then throw me on my way with some pills. She actually sees me for a full-blown hour and works also as a psychotherapist, like, bouncing ideas and, like, stuff off of me back and forth and validates things I am doing correctly and corrects and tries to guide me in directions where I'm kind of fucking up. And then also prescribes me medications based on all of that. Like she keeps up with it. If I need a phone call with her, like an emergency phone call with her, she'll absolutely like answer, which like I don't even have to pay her for. Like she just is excellent at doing her job. And so my advice to somebody, this, my advice to somebody at this point would just be like make, sh- you know what I mean, like. Especially when you reach the point mentally, as far as illness goes, when you reach the point of like, fuck it, dude, I want to die. I, I just want to fucking die. What else? Like, you have nothing to lose if you like, just go see a fucking doctor. If you if you've never seen one before, and like that's your mindset, what do you have to lose by going to see a fucking doctor? Like, you have, you already are right. Uh, you already are at rock bottom. What do you have to lose? to try to get better like and that's why a lot of time oftentimes I don't understand too people who are against medication but yet are suffering so badly I'm like literally you want to die right now what do you have to lose but to try fucking medication and um, if you don't mind do I have time to delve a little bit deeper into medication
0: I have as much time as you want
1: all right I love that shit I love this for us um <laughs> so the process of medicating a patient is um oftentimes very mis- misconstrued as well and has like a bad rep and it's very much like a i wouldn't say stereotype but like very much a bad rep and people don't understand that back in the day like the old the old og like diagnostics manual of the psychiatric community just stated like ideas in essentially just ideas and theories and nowadays we're on the DSM 5 the Diagnostics Manual of the Psychiatric Association 5 the fifth issue and it kind of discusses more like uh, illness, different illnesses and what parts of the brain they affect um, on a factual level based on scans and stuff that have gone through and everything and for example People assume oftentimes, like my reason delving into this is because people oftentimes assume that mental illness is just like an idea. Like it's just like, oh, well, why don't you just fucking exercise or take some supplements? It's not like that. It is it is cancer of the mind. Like, so for example, it has been uh, shown in studies and scans and stuff that bipolar Any level of bipolar cyclothymia, bipolar 2 or bipolar 1, it is impaired functioning in the frontal lobes and limbic system of the brain. So it actually like very truly is like the frontal lobes and limbic system don't function like they would for a normal human. And what proper medication does if you're properly diagnosed and properly uh, prescribed medication is that it balances out the hormones in the brain. Not just the, the brain, but like the hormones and chemicals in your brain and stuff. It balances that out. And it sort of levels out your brain to where it should be on a normal level to where you can function as a human and not want to fucking die and stuff in comparison to without it where you are very seriously sick like I I honestly believe that many people are just just have like basic depression which I don't um at all like condone medicating like if you need a bridge to get out of your depression like by all means medicate it, but a lot of people are misdiagnosed with, like, disorders and stuff, in my opinion, based on what I've seen and what I've known of people and learned in school, and just prescribed medication, like, just for the, you know what I mean, for people to make money, but I feel like if you truly believe you have that fucking illness and imbalance, which a doctor should be able to tell you, like, that's what I'm saying, it's very, this is such a little complicated thing, but like, it's very important to look up the doctors that you're seeing and stuff, and, um, like, medication is not a horrible thing, it's just like if somebody, and I might get shit on this for, like, Comparing it to cancer, but it's just like if somebody had cancer when you say like just fucking exercise and take some supplements And don't get chemo, you know what I mean? Like just because our just because mental illness isn't visible Physically visible does not mean it isn't there. It is very much an illness and not a lot of people know that these days It's very
0: new well and and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on something I feel like that a lot of people view medication as the devil, quote-unquote. Because, no, no, no. yeah, they, they just view it as, like, it's, you know, it's it's an old-fashioned stigma that's attached to it, A. But also, and I know you've dealt with this yourself. Yes. There is self-medication. So many people self-medicate and drink, do coke, smoke weed, yeah. and turn that into a crutch. Oh, yeah, totally. And totally. I
1: I had my period that you know, you know, yeah, you okay. know of time where i was really heavily into cocaine that was my that was my addiction at the time and even now still i drink probably more than i should like i'm a little more functional now but yes absolutely people still have their crutches but i don't think that should rule out getting treatment like proper treatment and medication and i think that too many people i'll admit i shouldn't be drinking on my medication but like still it levels me out better honestly better than if i was drinking off my medication
0: Exactly, and that's the thing, is so many people just assume that, well, I could go on meds and I could go talk to somebody, or I could just, if I get up and I'm happy all the time and I'm always on blow, like, I have an ex-girlfriend who, she she would just convince, she was convinced that she was a better person.
1: Exactly, and um, oftentimes, so with substance abuse, like cocaine... Uh, what cocaine is, is that it, people already fucking know this. I don't need to explain it. But it increases the production of dopamine and serotonin in the brain. And the thing about cocaine, as opposed to proper medication like SSRIs, like serotonin reuptake inhibitors, is that um, you crash from it. You crash from it. So when you come down off of cocaine, when you wake up the next day, your serotonin is way the fuck down here when normally on an average day, if you're mentally ill, would at least be up here. And on an average day, somebody who's like has a normal chemical balance, is up here. And when you're on treatment with medication, it should be up here. But self-medicating with cocaine, like, and I don't judge it by any means because, like I said, I've been there. But it does that. It increases the production of dopamine and serotonin, and then just the next day, you absolutely crash harder than you would if you were on uh, antidepressants.
0: And 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 that's the thing. Like I always view it as, as a house. Like when when you self medicate and you use coke or, or even H users and spikers and things and, and tweakers, when you crash, you're in the basement. When oh, you exactly.
1: You're at rock fucking bottom. Like there's only like there's yeah, you're at rock
0: bottom. Yeah. And there's just that that roller coaster of up and down, just trying to get back to the main floor. And and I think that that's unfortunately for most people who don't seek treatment, and I see this a lot, and especially in veterans. The reason they don't seek treatment is they assume that, well, I can just – I can self-medicate and I'm fine. I don't need somebody to tell me because they don't know. The education still – it's 20 fucking 20 and we still don't have the proper propaganda out there to explain what mental health – Like, everyone's like, oh, it's a serious issue. But nobody – unless you deal with it yourself or have a family member or somebody you love dealing with it – you don't understand it. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you don't witness it yourself, you have zero understanding. You have no opinion. You should have. Exactly. And, and it's it, it's blowing my mind that, I don't know, I, I, I applaud you personally uh, for being a person who always, you always go out of your way to say, you know, when I'm having a down day and there have been those moments where you're like, look, I'm sorry I'm not posting or I'm sorry I'm not responding. I'm having a shit day. Yeah. You know? That's That's how, that's a good thing. Because you're not being silent about it. And, and and as much as, like, people say you catch shit for not posting about the, the, the protests and the riots and things and not using your format, you can't really say that you don't speak up when you're constantly being that real. I mean, Christ, the message you sent me the other night, sorry I didn't message you back, a friend of ours was in jail. It doesn't get more okay. real than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't do. Yeah, like,
0: so. Damn, I, I, yeah. I guess I just look at that, and too many people have that misinformation, so I'm really glad you plugged a couple of sites, and, and the beauty of this whole thing is that we've talked about these things a couple of times, and this one flowed a lot better, for one, and, and I feel like we really got a lot out of more information. Um, I do really look forward to being able to, to, to do a follow-up interview with you in a few months yeah, when, the, when the world's, I mean, hopefully I'll be able to, because like I said, I was actually supposed to be meeting you in person here a month ago. I was supposed to be yeah. out there, and, and but it is what it is. Um, yeah, you know, go
1: ahead. And- I also sort of want to like. I also want to kind of put a message out there too. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. That like, for anyone watching this, I am by no means trying to come off as like a doctor or anything. Everything that I've said is just based on what I've learned in school and how I personally feel and what I've done based on my own personal research. I am by no means trying to come off as a doctor, and do not straight up like try to make any decisions based on what I've said just sort of like do your own fucking research anyways I don't want anyone to be like oh I did this because of what you talked about and it fucked me up like I just had to get that out there at the
0: same time you don't go to the first mechanic you see on the road you go look up good mechanics you go look up yelp reviews you talk to your friends people licensed people But you still go based – you'll still take a recommendation though. If your friend got a car fixed for a good price, you – this is the same thing but way more serious. It's totally okay to look at situations like – And I mean if if you were somebody that did have cancer or somebody who was HIV positive or anything of these – you speak from experience. Yes. That goes a long fucking way. Yeah. And and I.
1: Honestly, the best decision I ever fucking made in my entire life was getting on medication. And, like, mind you, it was a process to get to the right meds that fit me because you don't know right away. You don't know. When your first diagnosed with stuff, different medications work for different people and different brain chemistry. So, just because you start a medication and it doesn't work doesn't mean you give up and that you don't need medication. You're just permanently fucked. It just means you haven't found the right one and you need to have patience like it was it was quite a process honestly to find the right medication that worked for me but still seeking treatment was the best decision um <laughs> uh, was the best decision. <laughs> the best decision i ever made for myself well
0: and like i say i think that that matters more because there are so many people that don't understand that they're they're, they're scared um yeah you know and and there's no, there, that's not something, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm glad you said that, the, the idea of what have you got to lose.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: I know when I but hit rock bottom, rock bottom, it's.
1: You're already at rock bottom. To, don't tell me about how much you should kill yourself when you haven't even fucking tried to reach treatment. Yeah. When you understand the thought process, I understand rock bottom, I've been there. But do not tell me about how much you should be dead if you have not even fucking tried to get treatment. There you go. That's... Like I get it, I get what it's like to feel there, but like fucking try for God's sake. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Sorry, I'm getting really passionate about this with my fucking white claw. Like, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I well, the thing is, this is something you should be passionate about. I mean, right? Shouldn't you? Okay, if you have an opinion, if you have something that that, that you really believe in, if you're not passionate about it, then it, do you really own that opinion?
1: Exactly, that's what I can I, I concur there. absolutely like people people. people can shit on me for whatever they want as far as what I've said in this interview. and they can shit on me especially for, uh, like hard for what I've said about mental illness, but I will absolutely stand by what I've said in regards to mental illness. Absolutely. I know my shit, and Lord knows I do have much more to learn. But I do know, in regards to mental illness, I do very much know my shit. Like, so people can't even give me shit for anything I've said on here. Yeah. In regards to that, I stand by it.
0: Are any of your articles still available to read anywhere?
1: Hmm. I'm like, mm, hang on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. But, um... Uh, yes, I do have articles still available. Um, I don't know the links to any of the ones that were on like websites anymore like Elite Daily or Psychology Today I don't have those fucking links anymore but I do have almost every article I've saved on a WordPress that I still have the link to I just don't promote it because I created the WordPress back when I was misdiagnosed with borderline personality disorder and the entire WordPress is titled Life and Times of a Borderline and so I don't promote it much anymore because not that borderline personality disorder is at all a bad thing. It's just it's not my true diagnosis. So I don't want people to think whatever I'm saying is based on that.
0: Yeah, it's misinformation. So I
1: don't so. exactly promote my website anymore. And I don't remember the login info, so I can't get in there to fucking change it. But, yes, I do have my still have my articles. And if anybody wants a link to it, they can reach out to me on Instagram.
0: Okay. Well, go ahead and plug your Instagram. I want you to do that right now. Um, you're like, yes, I want you to do that right
1: now. We got this. We got this. (laughs) Um, my Instagram is, uh, at, damn, I'm like, I'm feeling this, dude. Crop that whole section out. Um, (laughs) my Instagram is at St. Sasha, but there's two A's at the end of Sasha. So it's S-A-I-N-T-S-A-S-H-A-A.
0: Okay. And then you do have the backup oh, account still. It's all my fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. So, um, and because I did this last time and I really liked it, um, what are you listening to? Like, what's a song you can't live without right now?
1: Oh my God. It's still the one I told you last time. I have that shit on repeat. It's called Sick by Salem. S I C K by the band Salem. Is- and it's like, yeah, the brand, the not brand, the genre that I discovered it is is called witch house and it's very it's like a little different but it's very much kind of like i wouldn't say hip-hop but kind of like rap to like house music i don't know it's really fucking good you've heard it yeah
0: i have i i love the shit and that's that's the beauty of this yeah. and I, I was i was honestly it's, it's funny because after while i was working on stuff i'm i started listening to more artists in that genre and it started affecting some of the things i listened to music while okay. i edit. it
1: really good too but now they train they changed their band name to tr backslash st yeah and yeah you know them yes yeah they're such good so such a good band uh candy walls is my favorite song but anyways
0: so cool well um I can't thank you enough for rescheduling and doing all this over again. And it actually,
1: time. thank you. I love talking to you. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the fact that most of this has been like really fantastic and worked really well. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I, one of these days I'm going to post a picture of how the hell I do this and people go, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, uh, it's the most low tech <laughs> high tech way to do what we do. Um, I'm looking forward to things. Um, Hang on for a minute because I want to actually say goodbye when it's not on camera and being recorded. But uh yeah, sure. absolutely thank you so much and uh we'll talk again soon, okay? Hell yeah.